As AI continues to revolutionize our world, there's a critical conversation we can't ignore. AI safety and security. And that's where HackerOne's AI red teaming comes into play, rigorously testing AI models to prevent them from being misled or exploited. HackerOne employs over 2 million ethical hackers, and 750 of them specialize in prompt hacking and other AI security and testing. So HackerOne isn't just theorizing, they're actively safeguarding AI's future. Just recently, a team unearthed over 100 vulnerabilities in just two weeks. So whether you're at the helm of a startup or steering product innovation at a large company, it's time to prioritize AI security. Visit HackerOne.com slash AI for more. Again, HackerOne.com slash AI. This episode is sponsored by Porkbun.com. Porkbun is a refreshingly different domain name registrar that's different from the other ones like GoDaddy or Namecheap. They've got low prices on hundreds of different domain extensions. They've got everything from .com domains to really cool ones like .pro, .dev, .xyz. Every domain name at Porkbun comes with tons of freebies too, like SSL certificate, who is privacy, DNS, URL forwarding, and hosting trials. Because why pay for things that should be free, right? All these incredible features and tools are backed by incredible support, 365 days a year, and more five-star reviews on Trustpilot from real customers than anyone else. Look, you can get a dollar off your next domain name from Porkbun and see why they're the best domain name register around by using our code. Just go to porkbun.com forward slash rocketchipfm24. That's porkbun, P-O-R-K-B-U-N dot com forward slash rocketchipfm24. You'll save a dollar on your next domain. This episode is brought to you by Gigantic. At Gigantic, you can level up your product skills through live, small group, cohort-based trainings. We're incredibly excited to welcome you to our next cohort of our product strategy training, kicking off in January of 2024. This course will take you through the frameworks that product leaders use at companies like eBay, DoorDash, Groupon, Rent the Runway, in order to scale their teams. It's taught by Ben Foster, a friend of this podcast, who is the former chief product officer at Whoop. So come join us. Go to gigantic.is. That's gigantic.is. And save your seat for our January cohort. Your potential is gigantic, and we're here to help you reach it. Go to gigantic.is to reserve your seat today. Today on the show, we welcome Ellen Chisa, who is a former product manager at Microsoft. She's worked in product her entire career. So we talked to her about the history of product management, her career as a product manager, and even a bit about her new role as the CEO of a stealth mode startup, which you're probably going to want to sign up for. So stay tuned to the end of the episode to find out how. So we're going to dive right in. Enjoy. Welcome to rocketship.fm. In season four of Rocketship, we are diving into everything product and growth. Rocketship FM is produced in partnership with Product Collective. We're your hosts, Michael Saka and Mike Belsito. Hi, I'm Ellen Chiza, and I am the CEO and co-founder of a new virtual startup. Tell us a bit about how you came to work in, in product. What, is, what has your, uh, your career evolution been so far? 
Yeah, I'm one of the few people who has always worked in product. So I went to undergrad in engineering and I dropped out for a year and had a startup with my friends. Through that experience, I realized what I liked doing was more of the classic product role of figuring out what should we be building? Why should we be building it? What's the most effective way for us to build it? What are the smallest experiments we can do? And so I got an internship and then a full-time job at Microsoft in what they call program management, but is very similar to what the rest of us call product management. What are you doing today? Tell us about your startup today. Yeah, absolutely. So my co-founder, Paul Baker, and I started working together back in May. And the approach we're taking is we feel like so much of modern software development has been incremental improvements on top of the ways we've always developed software, even though the world we've changed, we live in has changed a lot. So it used to be you were developing software for one machine that would run locally. And now pretty much anything you need to make is a distributed system that's almost always connected to other services as well. And so we wanted to say, if you're looking at software development, what, what tools would you actually want to have? And what would you build as an end-to-end experience? Very nice. Um, and and you, you wrote a piece um, a couple years ago now, but um, on the evolution of the product manager. I'm curious, why was this an interesting topic for you? Yeah, I think one of the things I really noticed, especially early on in product, was no one could really tell me what the role was supposed to be. And it really frustrated me, especially when I was interviewing at Microsoft. The people would say, oh, well, there's like, there's no typical day for a product manager. Every product manager is different. It's different at every company. It's different depending on what you work on. And it seemed like there wasn't really much shared understanding of what product management was and why. And, and so you wanted to get to the bottom of, of that or at least understand historically how this came to be? Yeah, I think I want to just because I think historically the way a role gets set up tells you a lot about what problems people are trying to solve and how they why it is the way it is. And so I really wanted to understand why this job came about. Where did you, where did you research? Where did you find some of this, this information? So some of it was, I learned it at work. So okay. Microsoft had a lot of internal writing about program management and where the role came from, particularly Steven Sanofsky did a bunch of it, who at the time I was there ran Windows, but prior to that had run Office. Um, and so some of it was there. Trying to think of where else it was. And then I think I was also connected at the time to Harvard Business School because I'd been admitted through the 2 plus 2 program. And so I'd spent a lot of time looking at how did business school think about product management. I'd also noticed that the role tended to come up in other industries, but under different titles. So in the agency world, it would sometimes be called producing um, or in the the musical world as well. Um, And so I kind of just started looking for all of these inspirations of where the types of skills that people needed to do the job and how they were applied and treated in different segments. So, um, so where, where does your, your research kind of begin on the timeline? Um, where, where do we first see this type of role emerge in, in, I guess the modern workplace? So I guess it depends on how you define modern. Um, but I would say the first one I found was really uh, from Neil McElroy. And this was back in the thirties and he was at, Procter and Gamble. And so this was kind of consumer packaged goods, not software. And they had this idea of the brand manager, which was a person who would be responsible for thinking holistically about the brand experience. And and so what did, like, did, did you get a sense for what their day-to-day looked like? Yeah. Um, I think there, it was much more of pulling together a different set of functionalities. So in that process, it would be much more about marketing. How do we sell it? The packaging. The, the physical products, 
making sure everything got done that needed to get done. So a lot of a lot of the same things a product manager does now, but about a very different space. And and were there were there other instances or other industries that this was happening in at that time? I think much less so. At the time the concept was pretty new of having this one person who was going to be responsible for everything instead of that being an executive or a, like distributed amongst the different functional jobs. And w- was this taught in universities? Was this a role even back then that was like educationally obtained? No. No. Okay. So this was a role that someone would come into who probably had strong organizational skills um, and they would take over inside of an organization probably was learned from other people who had been doing it. Yeah. And I think it was the sort of thing um, where it was people who wanted to get into those general management type roles. Okay. So it was, it was tied to management, um, which I guess it is today too, in many ways. Yeah. I think there's just a lot of overlap anytime you're trying to bring people together to accomplish a shared goal, regardless of if you're responsible for their career or not, the act of helping people do good work is management. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. When Rain Wilson realized he had a special gift for talking people to sleep, he had two choices. Construct a massive speaker that would blast his voice to every person in the country or invent a talking pillow. AT&T Business eventually talked him into the pillow thing. And backed by a reliable network, the only network with built-in security controls, Sleep with Rain was a hit. Take your ideas to the moon and beyond at business.att.com. That's business.att.com. Now, back to the show. Yeah. So talk to me about how this evolves in the in the software industry. I guess we're looking in like the 1980s, right, with, with Microsoft? Yeah. Um, so... Microsoft, and I think this is the thing that I find really interesting about the role, is how many different companies sort of created it out of this need. So Milka Elroy looking at it and saying, oh, there's not one person who's thinking holistically about what this brand means to consumers. And then the same thing sort of happened at Microsoft, where people found that when you had a bunch of programmers, they, they needed to know, you needed coordination between them to make sure the features that were being built worked well together and there was a cohesive plan. And that wasn't necessarily engineering management. What would happen is that someone who is relatively user-minded would start kind of playing this role by default where they helped make sure the right things were getting built. And so again, it was this role that evolved organically to solve a problem as the organization grew. And so um, were they an engineer themselves? So is that often, at least in the early days, was this an engineer that was kind of stepping into a management role inside of Microsoft? Yeah, exactly. And it wasn't, it wasn't even a management role. It was just a, an engineer who sort of had the the social capital within the team and the perspective to bring that to the table. And I think now you still see this to a large extent at companies that are either understaffed in PM or the PM is newer, you might see a technical lead or a technical manager playing some of the aspects of the product management role. And and how have we evolved from, from there? Like, I, I feel like it's kind of coming into a, a heyday of sorts today where it, it's a, it's a, role that's actively hired for. It's a role that I believe is now being taught in, in schools as well. Yeah. So it's, it's changed a lot from there. Um, and I think it, it kind of got into software companies in a bunch of different ways. So Microsoft had their invention of it and then into it brought in a role that was inspired by the brand management role. So it popped up there. 
And I think that replicated itself at Google. I think it was originally also engineers who'd sort of stepped into that space when they started those programs. And then they hire primarily technical product managers, although now also more MBAs. Um, And so kind of everyone made up this role that was needed, but most people in school didn't know it was a job that was done. It wasn't something people got trained for. It was something people would end up in. Um, So like I've worked with great PMs who started their career in completely different fields, like started as technical writers or started like in radio production or started in kind of more academic HCI research or things like that. And um, I mean, when we look at, at a PM today that there's now like the call for the skills of like the business acumen, the marketing acumen, even the design acumen and understanding of the engineering. Um, is, is this maybe like, there's probably not a simple answer, but do you feel like this is kind of the culmination of the different people that were able to take on this role throughout, you know, the last decade? Yeah, actually, I think that's a really nice way of putting it. I never thought about it like that, but that's sort of how I think of the role continuing to evolve as well, is I think we saw people move into it from adjacent roles, like marketing roles or like engineering roles or like design roles. And that's the sort of skills PMs are expected to have now. And I think the role changes as you get more people from other fields. And so if we started seeing a lot of fine artists moving into product, I'm sure the role would change with those backgrounds. Definitely. Um, Talk to me about the, the, the kind of types of project managers that you've worked with. Um, and, and maybe even some of the, the, the skills or the attributes that make them successful. Yeah. So I think a really important one is just being curious. So much of the role is making sure the right things happen um, and just stepping in and doing whatever needs to be done, even if it isn't technically part of your job description. And I think people who are curious are more inclined to pick that up naturally because they'll be excited about whatever it is that needs to be done. Um, I think another one is just it's sort of more personal, but not approaching it from the perspective of I need to be right. I need to decide what we're building. This is about me. And I think usually when people get into product and then fail or don't do well, or why sometimes product managers get a bad rap is you end up with someone who wasn't motivated by the right set of things. And instead of being motivated by the best outcome, they're motivated by their role in the best outcome. That's a tough one. It's it's a tough one to overcome personally um, sometimes. Yeah, I think especially when people are getting started. Yeah, it's challenging because they want to demonstrate their work, their worth. So they want to prove to the team that they're they're playing a valuable role, and that can end up coming across the wrong way. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's talk a bit about education too. Um, you know, tech and education have always had kind of a weird relationship with many people getting into tech without even um, by skipping college or dropping out. Um, but how do you feel education and this project management role are, are coming together and is there value there in the, in the formal side of it? I think there definitely is. Um, so I think the f- you kind of saw it a little bit in engineering schools that had project-based curriculums someone has to decide what we're going to build and why. And I think that was how I learned a lot of it in school. It wasn't a formal product management class so much as it came up across projects. I think there are always going to be things that you can't necessarily learn in the classroom environment for product. And I think that's the same for many jobs. So much like if you're an engineering student, you don't usually end up having projects that are at a large scale. Like you're, you're building something and it's more of a demo or used by a small number of people. Um, as a PM, like as a student, you're not working with a team of experienced engineers most of the time. You're working with your other friends. 
or you're not actually in a situation where there's a business case for what you're doing. It's maybe like a hypothesis for something new. Um, but so many product roles are about shipping additional things on top of a product and not very many projects in the classroom are like that. Do you, um, do you feel that, that, uh, that engineering experience is necessary to a product role today? I've gone back and forth on this. So I don't think it's strictly necessary. I do think you need to be at the point where you're not afraid of engineering and you're excited to learn more of the details and you're curious about what's going on. I don't think you can be a good product manager if you don't want to know and you don't empathize with the engineering team who are, who are building alongside with you. I have noticed, especially working on this new company, that if you have studied engineering, there are things that you take for granted that you don't realize that people who haven't studied it don't have those frameworks. Um, and so I think there is some value there, but I wouldn't say that that value is necessarily more than the different background someone else could bring to the table. Yeah, yeah. And so um, are you still project managing or product managing today as, um, in, in this startup? Um, or have you moved on to other business focuses? Um, so I'm the CEO at this startup, which oftentimes the CEO co-founder is the first person who's doing product. It's sort of a mix. It definitely feels different. A lot of my time goes into we fundraise and then after fundraising, hiring. Mm-hmm. And so that was something I, I did some of in product leadership roles, but it's definitely not to the same level. Um, but then in terms of making sure we have a process, making sure we know we're making pro- progress every single day, making sure we've divided things up to have the most impact. Like, yeah, I still, I still do a lot of that type of product management work. Are you going to to miss it as the company grows? Um, and I mean, naturally, the CEO's focus tends to to get bigger and bigger, right? Yeah. So I, I would have worried about that before. But in my last role, I had one day where one of the people on my team came to me and said, hey, I'm really excited. I think I'm ready. I want to manage the core back, the core product backlog. And someone else came to me and said, hey, I think I'm ready. I'm really excited. I want to help frame this like positioning shift for our whole product to the team. And at that point, I was kind of like, all right, both of you are right. You are at those places. That's kind of the last of the product stuff I'd been doing. Um, and then it became much more about managing and leading and helping make sure that they were continuing to make progress. Yeah. Uh, and so to that regard, I actually found that really rewarding. And so I like being close to the product, but for me, helping other people to do those jobs is actually probably more rewarding than doing them myself. Yeah, no, I, I hear you. <laughs> um, so, so where can, can listeners keep up with you um, and, and the work you're doing online? Yeah, uh, so we haven't officially named the company yet. So we use our <laughs> very excellent temporary domain, Ellen and Paul's new startup.com. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we have a mailing list where we send updates and people can who write code can sign up to be user testers in our office and start to see the early things we're doing, which has been really fun. If you want to find out more about rocketship.fm, go to rocketship.fm. It's pretty simple, right? We You can sign up for our newsletter. We have partnered with Product Collective, Mike Belsito's company, to bring you even more content each week. So if you sign up for the newsletter, you're going to get content from Rocketship FM. You're also going to get detailed product content from Product Collective, which is incredibly valuable. And as entrepreneurs, it's one of the most important topics for us to stay up on. So go to rocketship.fm and sign up for our newsletter. If you enjoy this content, leave us a quick review um, or tell a friend or share the link on Twitter. Anything helps to get the word out about the show. 
We really appreciate it. We'll be right back here in just a couple of days.